0: You're listening to the Honey Kids podcast, Growing Pains. I'm your host, Ange Neo. Did you know that over half a million mums and dads read Honey Kids every month? Amazing, but true. If you would like to know all the great things to do in Singapore, then you absolutely need to subscribe to our newsletter. It delivers the best of Singapore right into your inbox every week. Parenting. I'm Ange. I'm a mum to two boys, Xavier, who is 10, and Marcel, who is almost 8. And I'll be joined every week with my co host and mum of one, Sam. In today's episode, we're talking to Jill Lim. Jill's a DJ at Kiss92 FM and a contributor at Honey Kids. She's also a mum to a one year old little girl. Now, As parents, we try to make the best choices for our children and our family. And sometimes we make choices that could be considered more controversial or taboo. On today's episode, we will be chatting with Jill about some of those unpopular parenting opinions. And let me tell you, we had such a juicy chat. We'll be continuing next week, so stay tuned.
1: Before we start, Jill, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about Lily?
2: So I'm Jill. I do the night show on KISS92, weeknight, 8 to midnight, and I do the Saturday morning show from 6 to 10 a.m. Um, yeah, so first time mom to a baby girl, Lily Indie Meals. She's very nice. Uh, I like her. I did not enjoy the infant stage. Zero to three months was like the worst time ever. But yeah, she's she's like a person now. She started off as just a
0: flesh bag and now it's like, oh, look at you with your little personality. So why don't we get into some of the questions or the, I suppose, the unpopular parenting opinions. And I think it would be great to have your take, Jill, on some of these opinions.
2: Fun, very fun. Uh,
0: So the first one is I don't regulate screen time.
2: So here's the thing. I, I don't care about that. I don't particularly feel it. I mean, I'm sure that I've read the articles. I try as much as possible not to let Lily watch cartoons in particular, but I never cared about it because everyone needs a break, right? I mean, we all grew up on TV. Sesame Street was great, so I don't really have a rule against it. I if I need like to run to the bathroom, I used to put her in a little uh, mobile, you know, the just a chair, and I let her watch the Olympics because she's she she is wild for bicycles. So the Olympics was on. She likes the X game. I'll just sit her in front of the TV, run in to have a you know quick shower, come out. And that's great. I don't think she's any worse for that. So if it's going to give you a little bit of relief. As a parent, you're tired. You're stressed out. You need to catch a break so you don't you know throw your kid out the window. Uh, Yeah, screen time. Why not? At a school age. Okay, well, <laughs> at school age, I mean... I I don't really see anything wrong with it, you know. You gotta, that's where you as the parent come in. You put child locks or you know um, what is that filters on your YouTube so they don't end up watching random things. But I don't I don't think there should be a hard and fast rule. Yes, we can look at the data, we can read all the articles on why it's not the best. But someone put it to me this way. If you don't let your child have an iPhone, if you don't let your child have access to laptops, iPads, computers, when they go to school, they're going to be at a disadvantage. Kids, now you've got coding. Coding is a subject. And how do you get interested in coding? By being on your computer. How do you get interested in video editing, YouTubing? All of those are like legit jobs, which are sought after now. So you have to you know, weigh the pros and cons. Should you let them rot in front of the TV like I did with MTV? Possibly not. But still, I don't think I did that badly.
0: Yeah. I also think there's different times where you need to rely on screen time more -hmm. than others. And when they're little, they're really long days. And when they're school age, they're out of the house actually for the majority of the day. So, you know, I have some friends that are very strict and they say no TV before school. But, you know, my older son, he's up at 6 a.m. every morning. We do not leave the house until 7.30. Mm-hmm. I'm totally fine with him making his breakfast and putting on Pokemon or something else on Netflix and kind of chilling out before the rest of the family get up. Otherwise, of course, he'd be coming in and waking us up.
2: Yeah. So like Lily doesn't watch TV. And I try to get her to watch it, but she's not interested. So I don't get a break. I'm like, oh, goodness.
0: Yeah, the best day in a parent's life is when their two or three-year-old
1: is uh, patient enough to watch a whole movie.
2: Right? Oh, I, I, I wait, waiting, waiting for that day.
1: So, Jill, you mentioned kids and their iPhones. Mm-hmm. What do you think about kids under age of 10 should have a cell phone?
2: Let's be real. I don't know about you, but I was, I think I was exactly 10 years old when I was given my first Nokia. Mm -hmm. And it was, yes, it was a form of contact because I guess pay phones back then, they were already starting to be taken out many, many places. So we only had, we used to have four pay phones in our school and then they took all of them away. So if you needed to call your parent, you would have to go to the office and call your parents. So... Now you don't have pay when 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 is the last time we saw a payphone right? I don't even think kids know how to use a payphone, so yeah, I do think it is fine to have a child under ten have an iPhone, possibly not keep it with them the whole day, like if you're going to school and you've got extracurricular activities, sure, but when you come back, I take the phone back. You why do I? Why do you need your phone at home for? Her? So I don't think that's much wrong with that.
0: Yeah, I think it really depends, doesn't it, on um how good your child is at self-regulation, mm-hmm. but also exactly right, the circumstance. So if they're getting the MRT on their own and you want to make sure that they're safe, then of course, you you know, it makes sense for them to have a phone. For me, I'm very resistant. Oh, really? Very resistant to my boys having phones only because they love the heck out of technology.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And I know myself that I have to really uh, watch my own use of my phone. I get quite addicted to just scrolling or messaging on my, you know, my girlfriends or whatever it may be. And I know that if I'm struggling with self-regulation, you know, in my late thirties, that my 10 year old is very unlikely to not have the same or worse.
2: They should totally bring back Nokia's where you can only play sneak on it you can only make phone calls. You I, don't have internet on your phone. Yeah.
0: So there is, there are some iterations of Nokia and yeah. whether it is actual Nokia's, I'm not entirely sure, <laughs> but there are certain phones or watches. There's a watch you can get where you can um, plug in a couple of numbers and your child can actually call you. So there, there are ways. And I do have friends that, you know, their kids have phones, but they can only access the internet if they're on Wi-Fi, and, mm-hmm. you know, so they're a little stricter around that side of things.
1: Um, next question.
0: Yeah, so, and this is an interesting one, given that we're in Asia. Kids don't need to do any extracurricular activities before the age of six. Jill, what do you think?
2: Well, okay. Okay, so if let's say you're a parent that doesn't like screen time, what are you going to do with your kid for the 24 hours, the 20 hours that they're not asleep, right? I mean, if you are... okay. <laughs> I think it's all right. Short answer, I think it's all right. Put your kid in a class, hopefully they learn something. If anything else they learn, social skills, they learn how to be independent on their own. You get a little bit of time off. I don't I don't think it's necessarily an Asian thing. I know that we are known for that. We're very like, oh, Tiger mom, my kid has to learn how to play the violin, take taekwondo, learn how to swim. But where's the downside of that? And if you if you look at the really successful people, um entrepreneurs steve jobs uh okay fine donald trump's kids they were all scheduled really really tightly so they didn't have time to you know get into trouble i guess that you know i like it i don't think it should be labeled an asian
0: thing (laughs) no certainly not not at all i think it's it's more that uh there is more of a kind of emphasis put on Mm -hmm putting your children into activities personally i
2: would love to uh i did ballet when i i think i saw it when i was three or four and I, I just feel like yeah there is it gives your child a little bit more sense of responsibility and dedication to it because when i was in ballet i another girl from my kindergarten we were in the same ballet class together and it was like the first time i felt a little bit of competitiveness because she was always getting praised she was always like her name was joanna i still remember Look at Joanna. She's always ready. She's always standing in first position. And I'm like, I want to be called upon too. So you know, it, I guess, yeah. There's nothing wrong with building a independent child, a competitive child at a young age, and it just it gives you a lot more confidence. I feel so. Yeah, I wouldn't mind putting my kid in an extra curriculum before the age of six.
0: Yeah, I also think you're right. I mean, they're long days and it's good to fill them up with activities mm-hmm. for yourself as well as for the… M-
2: let's be real, it's more for us than a kid.
0: <laughs> 100%. And also led by the, the kids. I mean, if they're enjoying it, then it's something that is obviously beneficial to them, you know, particularly if it's sports. Or and if you're a
2: Singapore citizen, you get your CDA, the Child um, what, what's Development Account, and you can use that. So definitely, we're encouraged. I, I say go for it
1: what about um, kids can play video games whenever they want as long as they've completed their homework? I feel like I know your answer, but go. (laughs) What are you going to do with them aside from
2: that? (laughs) You've done your homework, but no, you're not allowed to watch TV. No, you're not allowed your iPhone. No, you're not allowed your video game. Like what else are you going to do? You know, they they talk about balanced lifestyle. How are you going to teach your kid self-control and discipline if you don't give them access to this? So you, you give them access and you tell them, okay, one hour. And then they will stretch it. And, you know, they'll I, hopefully they'll feel guilty. and Like, okay, it's been more than an hour. I'll stop now.
1: Mm, okay, so not as long as they want.
2: So when I was a teenager, uh, we would have to connect to the internet, right? You had to yeah. dial tone up. And my mom was like, only an hour. And there was a timer because you had to, you know, dial up. And I figured she doesn't know technology she just knows you log on and log off that's it but you know after 20 minutes i can log off log on again and the timer gets reset Ah. so as much as she set the limitation i was like i'll just go on and after a while be like okay fine really pushing now it's two hours and then i would just get off by myself she didn't have she rarely had to come in and tell me to get off because i already knew i was cheating her and i already felt guilty like okay we're pushing it we're pushing it now
0: I guess it depends if it's in their room or not, doesn't it? Okay,
2: against that. Completely against having computers in the room. If you're going to have a computer, even if it's a laptop, not allowed in the rooms at all Mm -hmm. until like you're 21 and out of the house.
0: I agree. I remember being a teenager and I had a TV in my room and there were some nights you'd just stay up Mm -hmm. watching because it was just so tempting and you're sitting there, oh, it'll be fine, it'll be fine, and next thing it's 3 a.m. And I just know, you know... Again, it's back to that self-regulation. Some kids are better at self-regulation than others. And I just, yeah, I do think that if video games are in the bedroom, then it becomes a very solitary um, Yeah,
2: they, they, don't, they don't leave. Yes. So that's what happened with my husband. He got a computer in the room. He got Dota. Never came out of the room. That's it. He, his teenagers from like 13 till 16 when he finally had a girlfriend. Okay. Never saw him.
0: You're listening to the Honey Kids podcast, Growing Pains. I'm your host, Ange Neo. Did you know that over half a million mums and dads read Honey Kids every month? Amazing, but true. If you would like to know all the great things to do in Singapore, then you absolutely need to subscribe to our newsletter. It delivers the best of Singapore right into your inbox every week. The next unpopular parenting opinion, which I, I'm not sure that it's unpopular, but perhaps it's something that's that's new to kind of the conversation around um, having children, is it's okay to raise a gender-neutral baby or they baby, as they call it, which mm-hmm. we have seen some celebrities start to infer around, you know, we've had a child, we are not saying he or she. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on, on that particular topic? Ah. Uh, Gosh, this is a very
2: challenging one because it is still very new. I've not made the decision to raise Lily as a baby, although uh, honestly, I don't. I don't necessarily feel it's very necessary at a young age. There's no need to, you know, raise your baby as a baby. Maybe when they're older and they understand boys and girls, then you can introduce them to other terms and explain to them later on. So from a young age they know that you're accepting you have the knowledge okay sometimes you're you are a boy but you may feel different give them that option and that knowledge but by giving them it at such a young age i don't think they know what to do with that so no problem raising a child gender neutral but a baby i think that's too young
0: yeah i think you're i think i've totally agree with you on that, Jill. Mm. And I, uh, you have absolutely led by, you know, some little boys love wearing tutus and that's awesome mm-hmm. and other little boys, they will only wear an Iron Man costume for Halloween and don't ask them to wear anything else. And the same with girls, you know, some are very – much more comfortable or attracted to the more gender stereotypical, you know, girl-related, you know, the ballet or dressing as Elsa. Like, there's so many little Elsas, you know, wandering around at Halloween and times like that. But there are also little girls that want to be a, something different to that or yeah. something that's more, you know, uh, yeah, d- gender-specific on the what we would consider to be a male stereotype, right?
2: But I also feel on the other end of that, the child takes note of the parents reaction for example lily she likes cars so she has a bunch of hot wheel cars right and her dad we we went shopping and what was the brand i think it was go green they've got really nice plastic chunk chonky toys so i got her a boat and i got her a submarine and her dad was like what about the teacup set and i know the kid the kid at that point in time she she was she really enjoys the water and she likes you know things that float and she understands the concept of floating. At that point in time she didn't really know what to do with cupcakes. It's like okay it's, she has no, you you don't have the imagination to do tea time yet. She doesn't know, oh I'm going to pretend to take a bite of this. So I said we can get her the car. It was a pink Cadillac. And my husband was like, "Another car? Like you know boats and cars?" And I'm like, she likes the cars. Not because it's a car, because the wheel. She just likes to roll the wheel. She has no concept that this is a boy toy yet. So, you know, we, we just bought it. And when I got my helper, my helper was also like, why does she have so many cars? Like, where are the dolls? Where are the princesses? And I just, you know, let it be. And by then, my husband was already on board. And he would be very like, why does she need to play princesses? Why does she need to do that? I think parents need to watch things like that. The way they react because I've got a friend who has sons and she made the choice to let her sons grow their hair out and they get mistaken as girls and the mother would be, you know, a little bit defensive. Like he's a boy, boys can have long hair, long hair too. Granted completely. When the kid went to kindergarten and someone said, oh, why do you have long hair? You look like a girl. The kid got defensive. Boys have long hair too. And it's like, nah, you know, got to educate your kid that, yes, most boys have short hair, but it's okay to have long hair. And don't watch me get defensive on your behalf. And you think you need to be defensive as well. Because you're teaching. You're teaching people like, oh, you know what? It's okay. Boys can have long hair too. Girls can have short hair. There's no reason to fight about it. So that's what I notice, And I think parents need to chill out all around and not, get, not react that way. Because your kid will pick up on it. And your kid's going to become like that and answer that aggressively as well.
1: Okay, would you say that parents react not as strongly when their daughters play with cars as when their boys play with dolls?
2: Totally. I think it's very accepted. Many, many, many different stereotypes. Like if a girl were to play with toys, that's fine. If a girl is a little bit more masculine, what are they? The tomboys. But it's not a very nice term if a guy is a little bit more feminine. You know, the, what they're called sissies, they're called other things. It's very derogatory for them. Likewise, my husband said the other day, oh, we're so lucky we have a girl. Can you imagine? She's already so active. Can you imagine if we had a boy? I, th- I don't think that makes a difference. You're just making excuses for bad behavior. So if you had a boy, that would be more accepting for your kid to run around and jump on furniture. Like, no, we we need to stop that. That stereotype of boys are more active. Girls are supposed to be more docile. Like, oh, aren't we lucky we have a girl? <sighs> But at the same time, like I mentioned, also we got to watch how we react when people bring that up so we don't get defensive. Because if not, your kids are going to pick up on that and they're like, well, I'm a boy. I'm supposed to. Boys will be boys. Like, nah. we got to stop all that.
0: And I think you're right. I think we do need to call out behavior that's or you know, if someone is saying something about the way in which you're raising your child or in the way in which they're acting, whether it's long hair or, you know, wearing a cape mm-hmm. or whatever it may be, like it's important for us to make them know that it's okay for them to to have long hair or to be, In a you know, nice way. <laughs> yeah. So I, but at the same, so I do think, I do absolutely get your point Jill, which is that you, you don't want them to see it as an anger and a defensive and a you know, but at the same time, you want them to understand as well that it is okay for them to be that way. And when someone is saying, no, you shouldn't have long hair because you're a boy, well, it's important for you to have that conversation with them so that yeah. they know, no, it is okay. Like it's, you're beautiful the way you are and we love your long hair. And It's very yeah. strange. Like the other day, my
2: mom told me, you need to stop apologizing so much to your daughter like you know if i'm preparing her milk bottle and she's hungry and she's crying i go okay i'm sorry i'm sorry okay, mom's doing it i'm sorry 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 and my mom's like you need to stop saying sorry to her all the time and to me it's like she's one she doesn't know that she doesn't know it's, it's fine like i don't think that's a big deal and i snapped at my mom and then i caught myself okay she's gonna she can she may not understand what's happening but she understands tone she understands body language so Got to keep trying to be a nicer, calmer person. Yeah,
1: Work think, in progress for sure. Mm. Look, I think they, I think babies, they might not understand words, but they sure understand
0: vibes. You know, yeah,
1: they understand your vibes. Like yeah. if if they scream and you bring them back to wherever, whatever activity that they were removed from, then they re- they associate screaming with getting the things that they want. Yep. Yep. Okay, next opinion. This is a pretty unpopular one, so I would love to hear what you think about it. Cry it out is totally acceptable as a sleep training method for babies, and it's important to sleep train babies early.
2: I agree that sleep training is great. The earlier you can do it, the better, only because it frees up so much of your time. If your child is an independent sleeper, you get to do a lot more things. You get to get on with your day a lot faster. The cry it out, I, I, I really do feel if you know you're not the kind of person that can listen and hear your child cry, don't do it. Because you're just causing so much trauma to your kid and to yourself. Like The first time I tried doing the cry it out method, it, it just it totally didn't work because I kept going in and I was like, okay, oh, no, no, this is too much. She's too small. She's too young. And a week later, I'll be, okay, let's try it again. And my husband's like, why are you doing that? You know, you can't handle it. You know, you're going to keep going in. Why are you putting your child through this? So only if you are truly ready, not because people have told you you have to do it or not because you're pressured into it. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll pretty against it. Pretty much all my friends are against it. I think it's great. Because I'm not held hostage by my baby. I'm like, drink your milk, put down, okay, figure it out. And she, she yeah, she does. Well, eight out of ten times, she does.
1: Did she cry? D- did she cry, um, you know, when you put her to bed? When? At the, oh, at the beginning of the sleep training.
2: When she was an infant, after colic, right, she had worse colic. After colic, it was very easy. Like, the second the bottle was in her mouth, she'd fall asleep already. So that that was great. And then when she started teething, and once I got my helper, I was like, okay, you know what? You can do this. I'm going to go bathe. I'm going to take a meeting. And my helper was trained by the previous family to always carry the baby. So she would rock the baby to sleep all the time. And then when it came back to me, like on Sundays, when she would go out, I'm left with this demon child who's hollering. And I'm like, what is wrong? I don't understand what's happened. You used to be okay. And then I would have to remind my helper, like, yo, don't rock her because i don't want her to get used to this and that's when the crying started again because she's like wait what happened why i can't put myself back to sleep anymore and it'll go for a period where it's great and when she started teething you know that's when they need help right so the rocking started again and then i would leave her in a crib and she'll crawl up because she could stand by then She'd stand at the crib and she'll scream and scream and cry. And I'll go in and you're not supposed to pick them up. I'm like, lie down, lie down. And they don't understand lie down. So I would have to you know, hold her under her arms. And she would be really happy for a split second. Like, oh, you're carrying me. And then I'll put her down and oh. But it literally lasted two nap cycles. Mm-hmm. Intense crying. And that was it. She was fine the rest of the time. So it's commitment, I feel. But I- I'm down for it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> It's also that all babies are so different. Yes, yes. And so some of, you know, some that have done more of the, some of my friends that have done more of the kind of cry it out style sleep training, you know, work very easily for them. And Mm -hmm. it's just a a small amount of crying. And then the children have slept, you know, 12 hours, which is like magic for (laughs) a new parent or a parent of children under three or four. But for me, it was always finding a, somewhere in the middle, you know, because I don't want them to kind of scream themselves to sleep. But at the same time, you're right. They have to learn how to self-settle. Otherwise, it's a rod for your back that continues for a long time if you have that kind of child, right? Whereas Mm -hmm. there are those magical unicorn babies that I've heard of that just put themselves to sleep from like six weeks. But unfortunately, I didn't get... Either of my boys were in no way But I
2: think as a, as a mom, you can tell. You can tell, like okay, this cry, he's going to figure it out. Oh, this cry, he's riling himself up. He's going to get even more hysterical.
0: Yes, there was that tired kind of cry. Yeah. And then there was the more something's wrong, mom, like I need you kind of Correct. cry. And so, then there's the hungry cry. Yes, there was many iterations of the cry that so thankfully went behind me. <laughs> I can still see the
2: trauma in your eyes. Oh so. my gosh.
0: My <laughs> oldest son had colic, like yeah. your daughter and mm-hmm. yeah, and also night terrors. So we really didn't sleep for many years, which is oh. challenging, which actually brings us nicely to, the, so the next question that I have is around siblings, right? Mm-hmm. And for this is one I'd, I'd love to hear yours and Sam's view, because of course, at the moment, both of you have one child and that, you know, this unpopular parenting opinion is kids need siblings to learn how to share and not be become selfish
1: sam oh you go Wait, you go first
0: (laughs) i don't i don't think that's necessarily
2: true do i think it helps no i don't think it's necessarily true that it helps i uh my sister and i we are about three years apart uh we did not grow up close at all we might as well have grown up solo kids because we we literally only got close the second lily was born and then my sister and I have a relationship for the last thirty-one years. She lived her own life. I lived my own life. The only thing we had in common was our parents. So, I, and I, there are many, many stories of that. You know, siblings that are not close, who have never been close. So, no, I don't necessarily think that you need siblings to learn how to share or have better relationships. Maybe in COVID times, because you can't go for playgroups. So, I guess now would be an anomaly where it might be better, but no do you have siblings
1: I have I have a sister but my story is exactly the same as you Uh she's she's five years um five years older and we live in different states we don't have a have a relationship so I don't know I wouldn't say I mean I agree I don't think kids need siblings to learn how to share but then what about what about that thing that they talk about the um the only child syndrome What is that? You don't don't know? (laughs) No. So apparently, if you only have one child, that child's going to be so self-absorbed and would grow up talking about just, you know, himself or herself. It's the only child syndrome. It's actually pretty common. Do you know?
0: Yeah, so I, I... I'm not sure if I heard of it as the only child syndrome, but for sure, I think that there has been, you know, a lot of articles that have been out there and and people do refer sometimes to someone as, oh, they're an only child. That's why, Mm -hmm, you know, when mm -hmm. it comes to, you know, the way in which they interact socially, potentially. I just think, I mean, well, firstly, some of us can't choose how many children we have, right? And so, um, you know, so it's one of those, you know, some people, you know, being blessed with one child is just everything to them and there's no opportunity to have a second. For me, the, the main reason why I kind of decided to, to have two children and luckily that worked out for me was because in my mind, I know as they get older, they have someone that they can play with that isn't me. And they have, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And they have a companion, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. someone. And we've been very lucky that, you know, touch wood, but up to this stage, my boys are very close. Right. And, you know, most nights you'll find one of them in the other one's bed asleep, oh. cuddling, like they're really close. So we've been very lucky that way. But what we're finding now, now that we've hit that kind of seven and almost 10 age bracket, that they are, choosing to play with each other rather than seek out my husband or my attention because that's more fun for them, right? Which is wonderful for us because whilst I love my kids, I also don't want to spend all day sitting on the ground playing Lego, you know? You see,
2: that's a problem. I don't know why mothers especially, we have to preface this everything with, I love my kids, but...
0: (laughs) It's so true. You don't hear
2: men <laughs> saying that. You don't hear fathers saying, "I'm playing golf, but I love my kids." <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. I I feel like that's something we, that I we we gotta stop doing that.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, I am happy that my
1: kids prefer to play with each other and not me. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. I'm not having another child, but uh, do you? Are you planning on?
2: Having I want another an, child? I want two more, and I want it asap for that particular reason also. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right just, now. so they can play with each other, and hopefully they can take care of each other. And with three. If one doesn't like the other, there's always a spare. So someone will always play with the spare one, I suppose.
0: Well, that takes us to the end of the episode of Growing Pains. Tune in next week as we continue our chat on unpopular parenting opinions with Jill. And for more info and to give us your take on the conversation today, you can join our Facebook group, Growing Pains Singapore. And don't forget to follow us at Honey Kids Asia on Instagram for the latest kid-friendly happenings in Singapore.